Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of Lockdown Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And today, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. I am, of course, one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, back after missing last uh, the end of last week's episode. And I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on this Sunday evening? I'm very excited because I missed our mailbag episode. I missed, like, on Thursday night. I'm used to recording the mailbag episode. But our listeners came through with tons of questions, so I'm so excited to record today. Yeah, the the terrifying part about our listeners coming through with questions is that some of our listeners came through with questions that aren't related to anything related to hockey. Will so I'm very <laughs> uh, I'm very nervous about what our uh, nemesis our show nemesis has put together for us. But I imagine we do have actual hockey questions to lead off the mailbag. Correct? We absolutely do. So I'm going to start with. One from our friend Patrick Bexell. Any European prospects that can break out next season? Well, I mean, are we still counting them as European if they're playing in North America, like Jesse Yolanin or Arsen Hissamutadinov or Alexander Romanov? Or do they have to still be in Europe? Because if they're still in Europe, my money is going on one of the unnamed people they will probably draft in October, which I realize is super cheating. <laughs> and short of that, I'm going to have to pick Matthias Norlinder, who continues to be one of my favorite prospects just by the way he plays. And he went from Moto to joining Forlunda in the SHL. He joined a real powerhouse team. And, you know, the same one that turned out Arturi Lekkinen, who is obviously a fantastic NHL player. It's a good spot for a prospect to be in. My answer to this question is, Patrick, can you please come on the show and tell us yourself? Because I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. Yes, I we have to have Patrick on, especially once the draft comes around, or even before that, once this whole play-in nonsense has ended. We are definitely going to have Patrick on to talk everything European hockey. Uh, he has his own podcast. He has Puck Drop. If you want to listen to him talking with some of the top coaches and players in Europe, highly recommend you go give that a listen. What else do we have, Laura? In sort of the same vein, DM asks us, what will it take for Juleson to beat Foline onto the playoff roster? The ability to move his puck out of the zone while carrying it, mostly. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about Christian Foline taking away a spot from Noah Juleson or Kale Fleury. Because Claude Julien showed this year that he was more willing to play a young Kale Fleury who was still learning over Foline for a good chunk of the season until the season got away from the Canadians as a whole. And I think a lot of it is going to be Juleson just needing to do what he did when he originally got called up. He did the simple, smart plays. He got himself in the right spots. He played incredibly physically for a rookie who doesn't, he isn't overly large, but he hits like a Mack truck, quite frankly. <laughs> and... I think the position is really his to lose. He plays that style that coaches want from their young players, and especially in the playoffs when holding onto the puck is so important. 
I'm going to agree with what you just said, because I was already reading our next question and contemplating what my answer for that would be. <laughs> I'm having a banner night. All right. Uh, Habs on the Daily asks us, more important for this cup run. His run is in quotes. Well, I think it's a he. <laughs> Bottom six offensive production, offensive production, third line D performance or special teams improvements. So what out of the three would you say is the most important? Yes. <laughs> I, the, uh, like, honestly, it's uh, the bottom six and the third line D performance kind of go hand in hand because the way we all see it right now is that Philip Deneau is going to see Sidney Crosby for breakfast, lunch, dinner in his dreams, nightmares, therapist's office, anything like that. He's going to be seeing Sidney Crosby for the next forever and whoever gets the Malkin assignment is going to have their hands full too. So I guess really it's the bottom six is that can they exploit that and some of Pittsburgh's defensive deficiencies on their third pairing with their lower lines. They have the prospects to make their fourth line offensively inclined. We've talked about it before. It's just a matter of whether or not Claude Julien wants to pull the trigger on that. And then we've been talking about special teams for so long. And the fact that they haven't changed all that much doesn't give me much hope anyways. So I'm going to go with bottom six offensive performance. I think that that's going to be the most impactful for the same reasons you described. But I do think that special teams improvements is necessary for a team like Montreal. We've seen in the past really elite, really skilled teams get really far in the playoffs and not do well on special teams. I'm looking at you, Boston. Uh, but the Canadians can't afford that. Like they need to be able to exploit every mistake that their opponents are going to have, because I don't expect their opponents to have a lot of weaknesses. Like you're really going to have to capitalize on mistakes in this situation. So special teams for me is what's going to be the most important if they are going to go far at all. Yeah, it's, there's so many things that go into it. It's hard to nail down to just one. And that at any point in time, any of those three options could be the deciding factor in a game because maybe they have a really good power play night. Maybe their PK has one of those games like we had in the 2010 playoffs where they are just blocking everything. It's really hard to know on a given, especially in this situation, what the team's going to look like in an actual game, you know? It's, it's so out of the blue that it's going to have some rust and it's all about who shakes it off first, I guess. However, we do have more questions. We do have more nonsense on the first ever Monday mailbag, I'm pretty sure. And we are going to continue with those in our next segment. But first, a word from our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com and at home, at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, we are back with the Monday Mailbag, and Laura, I believe we have more actual Canadians-based questions, am I right? We do. So we've got a few more general Habs-based ones. I'm going to start with our buddy Jeff the Red, who has two Habs questions. He says, if the Habs beat the Penguins, how much of your inner fan will be happy versus disappointment at the loss of the shot at Lafreniere? Uh, so there, this entire series reminds me of a, of a clip from the Simpsons where Ralph Wiggum is jumping up and down and going, I'm happy and angry. And that is my <laughs> entire thought process about this. It's like, yeah, we beat the Penguins. That's awesome. Crap. We don't get Lafreniere now. I don't, I, I'm so very conflicted on this that it's like, I want to cheer for them to win and do well. But at the same time, my analytical brain is going, no, you idiot. They need Lafreniere and a high draft pick because they're still rebuilding or retooling or whatever. You know, cheer for that. For the love of God, cheer for that. I, so if the Habs beat the Penguins specifically, the Pittsburgh Penguins fans' tears will be enough for me to, like, get really high off for, like, a week or so. And then I'll be upset, especially if they get that first pick. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a very short lived happiness. But of course, I will be happy if the Canadians beat the Penguins. Jeff has another question for us. All right. Um, What's the silliest or most ridiculous piece of Habs memorabilia or licensed product that you have ever owned? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think back through all the crap that is in my closet right now. And it's, I guess it's my two game use sticks. I have the John Scott one, and then I have a Sven Andragetto one from when he was with the uh, ice caps at the time that are both sitting in my room right now. Outside of that, I think, God, I don't know. Does it count if they're like a prospect or something? Because I had Patrick ship me a Yoni Ikenen jersey from Calpa in Europe, which, <laughs> you know, gets plenty of looks when I wear it. They go, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I would say it counts, but it's got like a coolness factor to it because it's a European prospect. So, um, yeah, okay. It, it counts. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm ruling that it counts. So mine is... The reason it's ridiculous is the story. So I uh, have recently been taking advantage of the um, stay-at-home sort of guidelines and finally going through my stuff so that I can get rid of, you know, things that I don't need so that I can sell some stuff. I haven't purchased a place yet, but eventually I will. And so I just wanted to make it easier on myself when I'm moving so... 
I've been going through a bunch of Hab stuff. I found, I found an old calendar, which isn't really ridiculous, but then I found like this box that I'd completely forgotten existed at all. And I have two Alex Galchenyuk dolls. And the reason that I have two Alex Galchenyuk dolls is because for the same Christmas, two separate people sent me Alex Galchenyuk dolls as gifts. <laughs> and I still have them. I'm not really sure what to do with them, um, but they exist. And uh, I don't know. I'm guessing I should probably donate them because they are, they're like stuffed animal type. You know, the dolls that everyone had. Um, the Carrie Price one didn't look at all like Carrie Price. I, I'm sure you guys remember. Anyway, it was like a couple of years ago, obviously, since Alex Galchenyuk was still on the team. Uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming like if I donate them as toys, uh, somebody might still want them. I have no idea. I think you should post a photo on Twitter of them because I think it's hilarious that you have two of them <laughs> out of everything else. I will once I've gotten all the dust off of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture privately and then once I've gotten all the dust off of them, um, I will, I will post it on Twitter. Um, so. Uh, I've got, we've got another question from, um, Randy Henson and he says, what has been your favorite nickname for a Canadians player? What nickname should Gallagher have instead of Galley? I think he should be called Taz. I think a lot of hockey nicknames need to be infinitely better. It's like, <laughs> Hey, we shortened your name and added a Y to the end of it. Sick. You're all so creative. Like... <laughs> Oh man, I, it's tough. I think Radulov being called Tickles was hilarious to me for a while. Him being Tickles was one of my favorite nicknames. Um, I, have we had a lot of good Canadians nicknames or have they all been super lazy over the years? I honestly cannot remember. Like there were historically, there were better ones, right? Like the Shakutami cucumber, for example, but. I'm not, I'm not remembering any in recent times. Uh, I agree that, uh, Taz is a good name for, for Galchen, uh, Gallagher, <laughs> given the way he plays. Like, my brain is broken today. I'm so sorry, guys. Anyway, I think that's a really good nickname. I don't know. And, and it just got me thinking as you were talking. So what would your, like, what would your Canadian's nickname be? Would it be Scotsy or would it be Matley or would it be Matts? It'd probably be Matts. Like, it'd Mats. probably be Matts or Matsy or something stupid and boring like that. Like, thanks, guys. Anything <laughs> you could have gone with and you just added an S and a Y to my last name. Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, people already call me Sabs. Like, my friends call me Sabs. So I, I, I'm guessing that that's what the team would call me. Um... You know I just what? feel we'll like probably... knowing my luck, though, they'd go and I'd get my jersey and my na- last name would be spelled wrong on the back and they would just call me <laughs> Maltz from then on out. Like, that yeah. would be my Scoot kind Maltz. of luck. Uh, Scoot Maltz. Um, you know what? Uh, also, kind of a historic name. When I say historic, I mean it's not like, you know, from 1919. But Pocket Rocket was a fantastic nickname. Yes. Also, Big Bird. Uh, Big Bird, One of my yes. favorites. Because yeah. it's always just funny to imagine a giant, like, puppet skating down the ice and just delivering body checks to people. So, uh, and as for Gallagher's nickname, he should be the Canada goose. And if you don't <laughs> understand why, just go ask Mark Dumont who works for the Canadians now, because he's the one who gave me the idea originally. If there's a, there's a lot of similarities between Gallagher and a Canada goose. And just, I think it fits perfectly. 
We do have more of your mailbag questions. We are going to get to those coming up next. Now, do we still have hockey questions, or are we into that part where it's everything's ridiculous, Willy Wonka nonsense? No, we've got a couple. Oh, okay, Uh, cool, perfect. (laughs) um, We've got one from our friends at Lockdown Hurricanes. Hi, Jared. Uh, Here's a two-parter. One, who do you want to make it to the cup final? Two, who do you think will realistically make it to the cup final? Uh, <laughs> out of the West, I'm either rooting for, like, the Jets or Flames, I guess, which is unfortunate because I'm pretty sure they're playing each other in the first round <laughs> of the play-in series just because I have no ill will towards either of those teams. Uh, but out West, I could see the Blues doing it realistically. I could see the Oilers getting just stupid hot because they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl making it. And then in the East, uh, I'm rooting for everyone to lose and Montreal wins by default, but still gets to keep their lottery pick. So, uh, but realistically, I can see Tampa Bay, like, after what happened last year, just coming out and like Thanos snapping everyone out of existence. And just strolling into the Stanley Cup final, honestly. I, so who do I want? Like, I want obviously the Flames also. I've expressed this previously on the podcast. They're probably, for me, the least offensive, like, not offensive, the least offensive option coming out of the West. Realistically, I think that it could be Colorado. And then in the East, I want the Flyers, and I will not justify that response. Everybody already knows how I feel about the Flyers, and uh, I think it's going to be Boston if any of their players end up being fit to play, because at the moment they have nine players out with signing unfit to play. Um, So, yeah, so that's... uh, Honestly, I, I, I don't want Boston to make it, but I do think it'll happen. Uh, we've got a question from our buddy Kevin Rogers. What will you do to celebrate when we get the first overall pick in the draft? Uh, and then he's hashtagged it wishful thinking. When we get the first overall pick, I'm going to pour myself a nice glass of scotch and celebrate, to be quite honest with you. Chances are when they go to do the drawing... I, I've done it. I did it in years past when the Canadians picked third overall. I held a Facebook live session watching the actual draft reveal, and you got to watch on screen as the Canadians came up third, and just my face, just in utter disappointment. <laughs> so <laughs> this will only be worse because we had to watch them come back into a pandemic and play hockey, which is all the more frustrating. So I think my big thing is I'm going to pour myself a glass of nice whiskey and go with that. If the Canadians get the first overall pick before I even pour myself the celebratory scotch, I'm going to pick up the phone and I am going to call our nemesis, Will, and I'm going to taunt him. And then I will go and drink some scotch. Um, realistically, I do think that the Canadians are probably going to end up with a ninth pick. I think that for me is, is you know, it's it's the best of all evils. I, I don't want them to make it into the playoffs only to lose in the first round. But you know what? If they get that first generational player, I, I, I'm I going to be so obnoxious about it. You have no idea. Like when the Leafs fans, when they got Austin Matthews, imagine how obnoxious they were. And then multiply that by like 10 million. And that's how I'm going to be about this. Uh, so I'm just warning everyone. 
I absolutely <laughs> love it. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the worst on Twitter about everything. <laughs> so we've got a little bit more in the uh, less hockey related and a little bit more fun related. Our friend Randy Hansen has a question. Hawkeye and Magnum PI made me love Hawaiian shirts when I was young. What fashion style do you have today from a childhood TV show or character that you still love? Oh, God, I don't even know. I don't know if baggy sweatshirts and sweatpants was a fashion style when I was a kid, because that makes up, like, most of my wardrobe for, like, six-tenths of the year, because it's Rochester, for God's sakes, and the rest of it is tank tops and flamingo shorts. So I don't know where any of that came from or if I'm just terrible at dressing myself at 29 years old. So this isn't really around anymore, but uh, I used to really, I, I used to want to be Kelly Kapowski, obviously from Save by the Bell. Um, and then I don't know why I'm getting like really embarrassed about this. And then like sort of like in my teen years, I was more into uh 90210 and um, and Dawson's Creek, so I really wanted to dress like them, but they were very big on extremely thin eyebrows and uh, low-waisted jeans. That's not really a thing anymore, but the one thing that I have kept from that is that there's a lot of, like, um, like white summery blouses. Uh, a lot of times they're linen, but they're, like, very... Um, they're not tight. Like, what do you call it? They're very breezy is what I would, I would describe them. So I still wear a lot of that, but that's pretty much the only thing that I've kept from the, the shows that I used to love. And then we are going to unfortunately have to move to the nemesis portion of the show. (laughs) (laughs) And Will has three questions for us and I don't know how to answer any of them. Here's the first one. What is the acceptable temperature for milk to be at in order for it to be received by the store? 40 degrees and below. I literally just Googled this to make sure. (laughs) I didn't even do that. Okay. Which chess piece is the best and why? The horse, because it's a horse. Of course, of course. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I was always really bad at chess. Um, Same, which is why I called it a horse (laughs) and not a knight. (laughs) It's the knight. Um... What's the, is it the king or the queen that goes diagonally? I think it's the queen that goes diagonally only, right? That's a bishop that goes diagonally. I believe the queen can move in any direction. If we're wrong, Will's going to let us know anyway. So, like... I feel like the last time I played chess was in university, and I don't want to tell anybody how long that's been. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certain that Will is, like, seconds away from when he listens to this challenging me to a chess match on like on our phones. <laughs> oh, he's going to. He's going to make a big scene about this. I'm going to have to leave like win, I'm going to gloat terribly. <laughs> well, like I I remember like getting really frustrated also when I was in high school. Like I had a friend that was in the chess club and I was like, "Can you please teach me how to do this thing? I feel like an idiot." And then she tried to teach. She spent so much time just kicking my ass. Like I was never good at it. And then like in university, the same thing. I was constantly losing at it. And and now I just I don't even remember what any of the pieces do. Um, so I guess that's the answer, uh, is I don't know. Um, and then finally his question is, this one's like an impossible choice type question, which he loves to do. And it is, would you rather stub your toe every morning when you wake up or hit your funny bone every night before going to bed? 
Uh, funny bone, because at least I'm going to bed after that. If I wake up and immediately stub my toe, I know my day is going to be garbage from the get-go. At least I can go to bed after hitting, you know, my elbow or my funny bone or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, that's my answer, too, for the exact same reason. Like, I don't want to start off my day just, like, in pain. And then, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a runner, and, and I like to walk a lot even when I'm not running. So that's something that, like, would really, really piss me off. Yeah, it's like, I woke up this morning, and I hit my head getting into my car, and I went, yep, that's how this day is going to go. And lo and behold, it was garbage. So I would rather not stub my toe every morning for the love of God. I would really rather not do that, because I also hate that a lot more than hitting my funny bone, because it's painful, and I've actually broken my toe doing that before, and it's not great. (laughs) So that is it for our questions. I do want to thank everyone for the questions, but I also... Like, don't get mad. I want to ask for more questions. Um, for the only reason is, uh, at the day that we drop this episode, the following evening, like that evening, sorry, on Monday evening, we will hopefully be recording a- an episode with Sean Gentilly of The Athletic. We wanted to do a Penguins-type preview, but if you're familiar at all with Sean, you'll know that he likes lots of stuff, and he likes answering questions about lots of stuff. So if you have a question for Sean Gentilly, please tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Or email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Yes, and like Walter said, questions all times of the week. We will get to them, if, if not during the week when it's pro, or it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not prominent. Um, when it's relevant. relevant. There we go. Relevant. <laughs> there we go. We are having a dynamite show with the thought processes today <laughs> uh, when it's relevant. And if not, we will get to it for our mailbag episode every single Friday. So please hit us up with all of your burning questions, whether they be hockey-related or not. That will wrap up this episode, though. Like Laura said, we are recording with Sean Gentilly uh, on Monday night, and we're going to have plenty of good content out of that this week for you. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow me at Scott Matla. You can find this podcast wherever you get your daily shows on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. If you've been listening since we've come back to five days a week, thank you so much. That means a ton to us. Now, that's going to wrap up our episode. You can ask your smart device for the latest episode of Locked On NHL.